Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers. Josh here, joined as always by my co-host, Chell. Say hey, Chell. Hey, guys. What's up? We are back to do another fun-filled episode of the Unstuck Institute podcast. But let's start, as we've been doing during these pandemic times, with a check-in on our businesses. Chell, how's your business doing? Doing pretty well. I don't know if I mentioned in the past, but I'm doing some contract work. So that finally wrapped up last week. It was a four-week process of dealing with the USDA. And if you guys have ever dealt with a government agency you would understand what I mean. It's not pleasant. And you get information, little blurps at a time, and they don't really give you the whole picture at once. And it's fun, interesting, and it was a learning experience, and I'm so happy it's over. You did what most people do when describing working with a government agency, which was describe it as fun. That was that was sarcasm. <laughs> Cannot have been fun. Sarcasm? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that's... That's over. Was the uh, not government part fun? Uh, yeah, the presentation aspect of it. When yeah. I was done, it was it was good. Yeah, it went well. Okay. The implementation of it still needs to be seen, but yeah, we're getting there. Excellent, excellent. Um, do you want to tell the listeners more about that? <laughs> like what the contract work is? Or do you want to leave oh, it out? I can I can tell you all what the contract work is. So I'm working with a local restaurant and they are kind of a healthy food concept. So they want a dietitian and chef on board. So over the past couple of months, I've been revising their menu and just getting them a plan that's going to work best for them. So they do both meal plans and have like a cafe style restaurant. So it's literally just been a complete overhaul and recipe development um, of new recipes, of desserts, of breakfast items, of meal plan dishes, to get them within a certain uh, price point for the restaurant so that they have um, a certain percentage, like cost percentage for their food that they're working with and awesome food for their clients to eat that is nutritionally balanced and meets a variety of different um, of different wellness styles. So like keto, paleo, XYZ, all of that fad stuff that's happening right now. So that was like the first end of it. And then they were like, we want to sell wholesale. And I was like, Okay, well, I've never done this before, but sure, sure. How hard can it be? And then that's when the USDA part comes into play and it just got wild. And honestly, I couldn't work on it for more than like three or four hours a day because it was that draining. That's where the government comes in and goes, you say, how hard can this be? We say challenge accepted. Yeah, for (laughs) real. And what's ridiculous is that I sent in the application like a month ago. The woman's like, oh, yeah, it's approved. Here's your USDA FSIS guy. He's like the person who's in charge of like inspecting the restaurant. And we were given him like three weeks ago. And only now did she email me back literally today. And she's like, oh, this whole part of the form is wrong. Can you can you revise it for me and just send it back? I'm like, what? It took that long to get the form to where it needed to be. But we have this guy already. I just don't understand this process. I don't, I don't envy you oh, on that part, yeah. but that's pretty cool developing stuff for a restaurant. It is really cool. Um, I think because I've never done it before though, I undervalued 
myself heavily for this project. Mm. So learning experience going forward, at least now I know how many hours I'm going to put into it. So I will definitely be pricing it differently going forward. That's something really fun that we could probably talk about on a future episode is knowing the value of your work and kind of doing a little bit of research into that going forward because it's super important and I was definitely undervalued myself for this project. Good. Perfect. Let's do that next week. (laughs) (laughs) Planning the podcast during the podcast. You're welcome, guys. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Josh? My business has been real busy. I mean, being in IT when everyone really needs their technology to work right now. It's been different. Like I'm not on the same growth or plan, much like everyone else in the world right now. Um, things have <laughs> changed. What? Tell me more, Josh. Yes. No, really. <laughs> um, so In these unprecedented times, like every commercial starts yes, with now. Yes. <laughs> Some mellow music and... Uh, Anyway, so I have found that my business is doing okay, and now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm working, and that's great, but I'm no longer working on my business. I'm just like working in my business, you know, Um, taking the calls as they come, but all the plans are out the window, and so now I need to get back to uh, strategically planning the business, even in these unprecedented times. (laughs) Nice use of that. So... (laughs) So that's kind of what, where I'm starting to work on this week is like, okay, so let's assume we're here for a while. How can I serve my customer? How can I show up better um, in these unprecedented times? <laughs> yeah, I think we used it enough. Now we qualify for yeah. a pandemic podcast. <laughs> Excellent. But that is challenging. It is finding the balance between everything. I haven't been able to work on my business in weeks yeah. because I've been so in it. So I completely agree. It's hard to find that balance. Yeah, for sure. So that's the challenge for me this week is starting to strategically plan. Okay, this is pandemic operation for a while. How how do I show up to serve the client? So we'll see. I don't know what the answers are yet. And then, you know, today was just incredibly busy. So um I was like, maybe I'll have a chance to work on my business today. Nope. Yeah. But, oh, well. So maybe later in the week. And it was, this comes out on Friday, but we're recording on Monday. So uh, by the time you're listening to it, I'll know if I got it done this week. <laughs> I think one more big thing for me the past just like three or four weeks has been dividing myself between work and home because I'm always at home. But I've, I've found myself working like six or seven days a week. Mm. since I've been home. Yeah. Yep. Same. I've also been having trouble figuring out work and nonprofit stuff and like podcast stuff. It just all feels nebulous and it all feels like I'm always working. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas before I sure worked probably just as much, if not more, but I, it, it felt very mapped out and reasonable. And now it feels just like, what is going on? So yeah. 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 Well, so we'll see. We'll see about that. We'll check in. Oh, hey, other check-in. How's the uh, getting dressed every day going? All right. So real talk, it's day six after you said uh-huh. that, right? Uh-huh. So I've gotten dressed twice in six days. Okay. All right. One was to just like go grab some beer from our local brewery. Nice. And walk the dog around the hood. And the other was for an actual meeting. 
on Saturday. See, there you go. Working again on the weekend. Look at you go. The days don't even make sense yeah. anymore. It's always Blair's day. Um, yeah, it really is. So I got dressed two out of the six days, which is more than I could save the past couple of weeks. And that was like in jeans. That wasn't like in Lululemon. Good for you. So, yeah. Did you notice any difference in those days? Like I know you got dressed uh, for a reason of going out, but did the rest of the day feel different because you were dressed? No, actually. I'm more of a be comfortable at home kind of person, regardless of if I'm working or not. So I just don't like wearing jeans in the house. I think that's what it boils down to. <laughs> I wear jeans And if I don't always. have to do my hair, I'll just throw it up in a bun. And that's like my normal go-to. <laughs> so I don't think the clothes have an effect on me after six days of experimentation. Yep, there you go. There you go. It definitely had an effect on me. In the last week, I got, I did not get dressed one day, and that was by far the least productive day I had. Interesting. Um, but, you know, I don't work on the floor like some people, so. That's fair. <laughs> I spent everyone's like 90% of today on the floor. <laughs> everyone's a little different, so uh, there you go. Whether you're just starting out or you're several years into your business, you can probably benefit from some of the services on Fiverr. From ramping up your website in the hands of a trusted professional to enhancing your current site's SEO, Fiverr can help you with it all. Check out the affiliate link on the Unstuck Institute site to see how you can benefit from using Fiverr today. All right, so we're back with our topic for the week, which is, what is it, Chalestina? Abundance Mindset. Abundance mindset. You've probably heard this before. You, if you have heard this before, you might even be sick of it, and that's fine. We're going to talk about it anyway, because <laughs> it's crucial. I think. Do you think we haven't talked? We did. We did not pre-plan this at all. So, what do you think about abundance mindset? I think approaching a new situation with a glass half full versus a glass half empty mindset is always going to produce a better outcome, because you already have that positive feeling, notion, uh, vibe that you're putting out. So I feel like that's always going to come back and benefit you. I totally agree. And I think there's, um, there's something if you're at all in the, the spiritual realm or the like universe is connected realm that kind of makes sense about putting out those vibes and getting them back. But even if you're not, and I'm, I borderline am not sometimes, uh, honestly, (laughs) um, I, th- I think about it in terms of, um, uh, oh, I forget who said this, but at some point I came along the term positive paranoia, which is instead of walking around assuming the worst, you assume the best out of everyone's um, actions around you and toward you and um, all the situation and stuff. And obviously you can't do that to like an extreme level because then you're just, loony like if somebody's flipping you off on the highway and you're like he's just using the wrong finger he's trying to point out something to his passenger (laughs) well then you're just crazy and full of yourself but um so definitely with all this stuff there is like a level you can go to that's way too far that's um not helpful and probably detrimental but that said um i think if you're always looking for the good in things people want to give you the good in things. And that is where the true power lies to me. I completely agree. So a really good example of that is when I first moved here to Pensacola, it was like 
literally week one, like we had just unpacked whatever we had brought in the car. Like our stuff hadn't even arrived. I was getting out, trying to meet other professionals. And the first day, the first meeting I went to, this woman I met was just like, you need to meet this person, this person, and this person. And later that day, she actually scheduled meetings with like two of those people for me and then encouraged me to go to another networking group that night, which was awesome. It was literally like having a handheld um, just as introductions to people. And I don't think any of that, I don't think any of that made me money, but it was really nice to have someone go out of their way and be so kind and so generous with their time and their connections to, to do that. So I think I went into seeing Pensacola at least the first day as, okay, yeah, this is a new opportunity and Pensacola delivered. So that was super cool. And that's just one instance of when that happened. I think, um, that's a good way to think about it. That, so the, the generosity factor of, of abundance is like of the abundance mindset is like, if you think there's always going to be enough of whatever, um, enough connections, enough people, enough clients, enough money, enough, um, then you're probably, unless you're just a terrible human being, you're probably going to be way more generous with what you have there. And of course, if you're generous with people, they generally want to return the favor, um, which is, I think, a pretty scientifically broken down, like less woo-woo uh, <laughs> way of, of illustrating what the abundance mindset does, because why would someone be more successful? They're more successful because they have good people around them who want to see them be successful, who are helping them be successful. How do they get these good people around them? They are generally very generous people and that generosity leads to people, to you being surrounded by people who want to return your generosity back to you, which all stems from, usually the generosity stems from, my personal needs are being met, I have more than enough, and I can certainly share X, Y, or Z, right? And then you come across somebody who needs X and you go, I got, I got extra X. Here, have some. And they, just by human nature, want to return the favor and help you out because they see someone who's generous and kind and awesome. And so when I say abundance mindset and people go, I don't know, that's woo-woo. Isn't that just like karma? What do you mean? That's what I mean when it's like broken down in a very transactional level. You know, it's funny. I was actually just talking to David, my husband, about this today. I was so... I guess I'm going to break it to you guys today. I wasn't planning on it, but we are moving to Germany uh, in about two-ish months, all dependent upon COVID and like what actually happens. But we're moving to Germany, so I'm giving my clients um, the option to obviously search for other personal chefs so that they can take over when I'm done. But what's really interesting is, so like when I move to a new place, I try and reach out to other personal chefs just so that I can have someone to pass my clients on to when I move, because with my lifestyle, it's inevitable that we move every year to two years. So that's always the first thing that I do, right? Having that abundance mindset, moving into a new place, not like, oh, I'm going to steal their clients or they're going to steal my clients. Like, that's not how that works. Like, I just, 
I want to make friends in this industry and like have other people that I can potentially pass work on to. And I've noticed that both in Albuquerque and Pensacola, that was not people's mindset. So when I reached out to personal chefs, I was completely stonewalled, like never got an email back, never got a phone call back. However, the first time I did it, I was in Las Vegas and I didn't have a business yet, but I wanted to learn from other personal chefs. So I reached out to like two or three and two of them just like swooped, took me under their wing and like let me do jobs with them. And one even gave me a really cool job with a professional athlete. Like I was the sole cook for a professional athlete, like super cool. But they had an abundance mindset. Like there were so many personal chefs in Vegas and they were all just like super tight knit and connected because they knew there was a ton of business which is really cool. So I think having that abundance mindset in any industry can be really, really valuable because they all had their own niche. Yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent how I've built my business, which is I similar to you, uh, in Albuquerque, but in the computer industry, I reached out to somebody and said, I'm interested in what you do. Can I ride along with you? And I learned a whole bunch from him. We are to this day office mates, even though we are competing businesses which does not generally happen. But because we both have an abundance mindset that, hey, you know what? There's way too much computer IT work for me to do in this town anyway. So why not we help each other out a little bit, split the rent, help each other with you know, problems that come up, help each other if one of us is out of the office, et cetera. That kind of stuff does not happen with competing businesses if they don't feel like, you know what? There's enough work to go around. If we were in an industry where we feel like there's like five clients in Albuquerque and I need 10 to be able to make my pay my bills, you know, then we would not be doing this. But it's it's partially because of the industry. But I would challenge people who are thinking, not in my industry, you couldn't do that. I would challenge you to think like, think about it a little harder. I bet if you're more open, you have way more opportunity than you're than you're thinking right now. And I think coming out of COVID-19 that there will be more opportunity for community building and collaboration. So jump on that bandwagon super early and start making friends or just start being nice to your competitors. That's just, that's just one, right? So reach out to them, start being nice to them, and then maybe you'll find a way to collaborate. Oh, also on that, the flip side of reaching out to competitors, and I'm not saying I do this, but I totally is that if you reach out to competitors and they're total dicks, you can send them your total dick clients. And it's a match made in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of the opposite of an abundance mindset, but sure, Josh. (laughs) I'm just saying, not everyone's got an abundance mindset. Not everyone wants to play ball with you. And if they want to be dicks, you're going to have clients who don't mesh with you. And you can go pass them on to someone who's nothing like you. That's fair. And maybe they, I, I mean, like quite seriously, maybe they are a match made in heaven. Maybe they like <laughs> each other. I don't know. But I just knew where to send some people is all I'm saying. Another thing I wanted to talk about on, on that is the fact that people who have an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset, right, is people who have an abundance mindset generally embrace change. And I think right now in the world with this pandemic, you are seeing the people who have an abundance mindset versus the people who have a scarcity mindset. 
And I'm not like some people, they do legit have scarce resources. And I, I'm not commenting negatively on that because that sucks and, and shit gets real scary sometimes. But for people who are in business and they're still working and, um, you know, business has changed and maybe it's a little bit slower, maybe it's a lot a bit slower, but it's still okay. I've definitely seen some people who are flipping out and that's because they fear change. And I see people like myself who maybe I'm not, like I said at the beginning, maybe I'm not working on my business as much as I'd like right now, but I'm figuring this out. I'm figuring out the new world. Change doesn't scare me. Look, it represents an opportunity, especially for entrepreneurs, right? So um, looking at it in through the lens of abundance, it's like, oh, is change scary? It can be, yes. Would I rather look at it as an opportunity than, oh, no, the death of my business? Like, yeah. And for some people, maybe your business has to completely change right now for you to make money. And that's a lot of change. And that can be really scary. But it's also an opportunity. Maybe you build a way better business, a leaner business, a business that actually addresses what people need. Because right now, more than ever, people are pretty unified about what they need. Because we're all experiencing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Yeah. And so I think there's like, when you have the abundance mindset, you're not looking at it like, oh, woe is me, my whatever, my uh, pie shop is going under because I can't accept customers eating in my pie shop or traffic is down, there's not as much takeout, et cetera, et cetera. All very scary things, all very devastating things. But I've seen the restaurants in Albuquerque anyway that have pivoted to a takeout situation that really serves the customers. And those who just say, they threw up on their website, hey, we do takeout, Right. So if you throw up on your website and say, hey, we do takeout, cool. But I've seen restaurants who would share a parking lot, like in a center, right, who have come together to, like, figure out how to use the parking lot kind of as a drive-through together and, like, share employees and figure out how to, how to serve the customer so that the customer who is scared to be outside of their home, who is worried about catching something but also wants to eat something um, from a restaurant like normal times, um, you know, they, that customer is being served to the nth degree of this makeshift drive-through and it's not, Hey, come over to my drive-through instead. No, it's them all working together to make the best of the situation they have real estate wise. And that is brought to you by an embracing of change, which is brought to you by an abundance mindset. I love that. I got two things to retort, not really retort, but kind of add to it. Retort. So I was fight me on it. <laughs> I was watching I was watching Ellen earlier and she had you're laughing, but I was watching Ellen earlier. <laughs> and she had a guy from Brooklyn on. He owns an apartment complex. He has like 200 plus residents within his apartment complex and he offered for them to not pay at all April rent. I don't know what that would cost him, but average New York rental is probably close to 2200 ish maybe not in brooklyn but like still 12 to 1500 dollars times 200 he was out that the whole month of april but he did it because he wants to help his community and he said to his uh to his residents like 
spend that money on food, give it to people who need it. I don't want it right now. One, that's huge. Talk about changing your business. That's a lot of money not coming in that you and your family probably rely on. But because you know other people need it more, you are taking that step to help them. So one, that's huge. Two, kind of off on a little bit different tangent here, just about change in general. So it doesn't necessarily have to be business related. It can be personal as well. So kind of going back to being an Air Force spouse where we move every year, every two years, you can't get stuck in your past. So I literally cannot because we move all the time and that's not my choice. And it's scary and I definitely have anxiety about it, but you need to be present in your mind and in your physical location. So it, it's really multifactorial in that sense. So whether you're not going to be going back to the same business you were in or it's going to look different, it's going to be okay. You have to change your mindset to an abundance mindset rather than a mindset of scarcity and one of anxiety and being scared to one of abundance that is kind of more wholesome, welcoming, and you may not accept the change initially, but it's going to be okay. And you're going to grow from it. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> so we should wrap this up, but I do have a challenge to issue to all of us. Okay. To all of us, <laughs> to me especially, but I, I challenge the unstuckers to get on board with me. So one thing when you're, especially if you're just, if you're new to this concept and you, I don't know, da, 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 da. Um, one challenge I like is the challenge of time. So everyone's got the same amount of time, right? Doesn't matter if you've got all the money in the world like Jeff Bezos or if you're me, you have the same amount of time. So my challenge to you is to be generous with your time, which will help the abundance mindset training for yourself. If you start, if people ask you, hey, can I get your help with whatever? And it could be anything. Besides like, it could be like moving. Like, I need to move. Can you help me move? Load up the truck. Um, it could be just whatever, whatever skill set you have that people are asking you for. Um, a, that's a great business for you to be in because everyone likes that. Um, B, uh, especially to your friends right now uh, or anyone who just needs it, give it away. Give away your time as much as you can. And whenever you catch yourself saying, I would, but I just don't have the time, I challenge you to find a way to make it work. Like it may not work today. You know, maybe you are too busy today, but make it work soon. Um, give your time away to people and see how, see how that affects your relationships with just that simple act of generosity. I like that. That is inspired directly by a good friend of mine who is super handy and he always has the time for everybody's projects. And mm -hmm. I'm always inspired by him for that because I definitely used to be the kind of person who's like, eh, I don't want to help. I don't have time. Leave me alone. I need to be by myself, <laughs> which is like an introverted thing to say anyway. But yes, definitely you have to take some time for yourself. Don't give all of your time away, but I challenge you to give way more than you're used to right now. I like that. Yeah. Do it guys. And you too, Chell. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> it's time for a recap. One. People with an abundance mindset are more successful because people want them to be successful. Two, embrace change as an opportunity. Three, 
be generous towards others and generous with your time. And that's a wrap on episode 32. We're almost as old as me. We'll be back next week. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show a ton. For instructions on how to leave a review, check out our website, unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking to you about how to set your price point and don't undersell yourself like Chalicina did. When you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. Paolo Coelho. Uh, oh, speaking of that sound, there's a new Bob's Burgers out. I've never seen Bob's Burgers. No!